Welcome to The Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Welcome to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. Today, Mark and I are here, and we've got a great conversation for you, one of our favorite subjects. I'm glad you've had some time to cool off from our last radio show. Yeah, the last one was uh, was heated for me. Is this going to be a little bit more lighthearted? I think this will be more fun. More yeah, fun? Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. And, and it's sex a, it up a little bit? Sex it up, and it's inspiring, because we're talking about designer relationships. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, one of my favorite conversations about how to make relationships spectacular you know a lot of people um, start their relationships young and they they go from their parents home and their their parent child dynamic into an adult adult dynamic but they really don't uh, understand or they're not conscious of that transition well they have to realize that every relationship's unique and it's going to be a journey right but if you as a child growing up the only role model you have is between your parent and you or your parents with each other. Those are pretty much your primary um, relationship role models or the ones you have with your siblings. Which right. Well, you be. always get to look at those, decide a few what parts you like. and Right. So that helps you with the topics. But are there rules of engagement? I think so. Yeah, like definitely. Open your ears and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we talk a lot about communication and what the communication is. And I think when when I say communication, most people's little thought bubble is regarding how to talk rather than how to listen. And we certainly know that communication is probably, I would say, 80% listening and, and 20% talking. Right? Right. <laughs> it says to me wide-eyed. I'm trying to figure out who's doing 80% of the talking and who's doing well, usually 80% it's me. of the listening. <laughs> well, no, I think we go back and forth quite well because sometimes you talk at me, sometimes I talk at you. I push, you pull, I push, you Right. <laughs> but that keeps it interesting, right? So and the, one of the other things that I'd like to cover in our topic today is, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about consent in the shows and how does consent fit into committed relationships? What does consent look like? And is there such thing as blanket consent or implied consent? And Oh, those sound like hot topics too. Yeah, those those can be kind of fun. And then, you know, we it's interesting about the divorce and uh, marriage rate because in the United States over the last 15 or 20 years, they've both gone down. So fewer people are getting married, fewer people are getting divorced, and the the percentages of people getting divorced and married are, are a lot less, not just the numbers. Well, it sounds like the people that are making commitments are sticking to them. Yes. Better. Yes. Yeah. Fewer, so, but better relationships. So do you think that comes from just a, a more conscious uh, culture? Like we're having more conversations about these things? Well, I think people have had... Um, many opportunities to look at relationships that have not worked and the carnage of a relationship that's gone south. So I think that people are going into them a a little bit more 
care. Yeah. I know my parents' generation, they really didn't believe in divorce. Um, or if they did, they didn't feel capable of getting a divorce because women didn't have the capacity to support themselves. Then move into our generation where we we did gain uh, access to more education, more economic power, and divorce rates skyrocketed. So now I think it's starting to balance out where people have that um, that that individual power, but in that in having that and needing to achieve that, they're probably waiting a little longer to get married or to make commitments, and they're a little more mature. They know a little bit about more who they are, what they want, and I think people are more conscious about their responsibility within a relationship. Well, they've taken a little bit more time to get to know themselves so that now they can get to know their partner a little bit better. Right. With, you know, yes, a little bit more awareness. Yeah. So what, you know, when, when we start to look at happiness and relationship satisfaction. Oh, we're going to talk about sex now. <laughs> Yes, Go ahead. we are. <laughs> I interrupted. Yeah, that's okay. Um, one Take of the, you know, too. we talk a lot. There's, there's been some interesting studies. You know, we, we talk about on our show in the Sexy Lifestyle Network, there's a lot of discussion around non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, and we talk a lot about consensual monogamy. So the, the, the key word there is consensual. And when you have a consensual design, that means that you've had sat down and you've had an, a discussion about what do these things mean. And then in looking at those communities, the, the consensual monogamy and the consensual non-monogamy communities, they've actually seen the divorce rates much lower. Which community do you think has a lower divorce rate? You can guess. The people with no rules. The people with no rules, right? The people that have that have an open dialogue about no rules and acceptance of. I mean, the there's rule. there's some circles in there. Uh, when two people agree on something, there may be a compromise uh, by one of the other people. So that's why it's dynamic. So you have to make sure that that uh, you're always open to discuss. And it sounds like if you keep rediscussing the same rules over and over again, you're never agreeing, but that's not the case. Life takes us into different circumstances as we move through. Right. And if you have a hard rule, it can be a deal breaker. Yeah. Well, and the the things that were interesting about these two groups is that the consent, and I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to take that word out of the monogamy group, the consensual, because most people hit the monogamy button by default. That's kind of the default relationship in the United States around the world. And so if you've hit that default button, then you've really never had a conversation about what that even means. And that would be a good place to start in a relationship. What what does that look like to you? What does cuz monogamy we you think well that's obvious and I think well it's obvious. Then if we both lay out our definitions, we could de- decide, "Oh wow, we don't even we're not even on the same page." Right. So we should write it down. Yeah. Write it down and give it to each other to read. <laughs> I mean, it really it's a it's a really important conversation early on in a relationship. Well, I think in these in the non-monogamous relationships, so the vast majority of people have a whole different set of rules. Right. Yes. I mean, we can do of this. Agreements. We can't do yes. that. We can do this. We can't do that. Right. So, in some ways, monogamy is a little bit simpler, straightforward. Yeah. Confining. Doesn't work. 
you know, 50 or 60% of the time. So it isn't, I think a lot of times when, when somebody, one, one person in the relationship is oftentimes monogamous, they think they're in a monogamous relationship, but the other person's not. Well, you could say, let's not do monogamy, but let's be exclusive. <laughs> well, you could, because monogamy might include pornography. It might include having other gender friends. It might include dancing with someone or uh, having conversations with people. That it, We really have to know what that includes. So this is the exciting part. When you're developing a relationship, you get to consider all these parameters and try to design the relationship that you'd like to enjoy. And I think we worry a lot about the downsides, but the upsides are really where you should focus because a relationship with a lot of flexibility can be the best thing in the world. Well, and that's what I'm going to focus on in the next segment is the the parts that um, that the the non-monogamous couples the the pieces that actually created more intimacy within their relationships. So I went and looked at this data and I kind of gleaned out, well, what, what components could be brought into a monogamous agreement that could add the same benefit? Because we all, we all want to have a long, happy relationship, especially if we make a family, right? Nobody, nobody goes into a marriage on their wedding day and says, this is just for a few years and then I'm going to get divorced. You know, nobody plans to get a divorce. Nobody plans to do this. So what we hope for is to have a really satisfying, wonderful relationship. That's that, that. So what is it about the relationships that are that? for both monogamy and non-monogamy groups. So I looked at what those components were. So I'm going to share those today. And then in the last couple of segments, I'm going to talk about understanding, uh, having a deeper understanding of relationship dynamics and deals. So people understand how those things will impact them in the long run. And then to how to map out a plan to create that designer relationship that you'd really like to have. Well, once you get to the... So the final uh, relationship agreement, it, it just starts to get better and better. Definitely. And and these things can be worked out a little bit as you go, too. Well, that is that is the fun of it. you got to wait for the beer goggles to come off. Yeah, that takes about 18 months, six to, six to 18 months, yeah, for the hormonal beer goggles, the fog to clear. <laughs> you know, you see those movies where the fog clears and you see the bridge off in the distance and you can see everything more clearly. Well, those hormo- hormonal beer, beer goggles do keep us uh, in a fog for a while. So what are you looking for in your relationship with your lover? What so as as we get get ready for a break, I want people to think about what what are you looking for? I what, thought you were asking me that, and I was starting to panic. <laughs> <laughs> and are you more frustrated or more satisfied? Which which side of the scale would you say you're on? I'm not asking you, Mark. I'm asking the audience. Uh, we'll talk about that later. And do you feel there's something missing but unable to identify what that is? So these are all things I would ask you to to look at if we were in a counseling session. And are you able to speak freely to your partner about your personal needs? How do you feel? Do you feel like your relationship has a balance of power? And do you negotiate challenges fairly and compassionately? 
Good topics. And do you begin your relationship with a list of do's and don'ts and deal breakers? So when for couples that are just in that first dating, do you feel like you're interviewing and you're just pouring out your preconceived list of do's and don'ts? Or do you wait and see how the relationship evolves and see if those do's and don'ts even are relative in that new dynamic? I somehow think that some of the premarital counseling going on out there isn't covering all these topics. You think not? But I'd be curious to know how effective those are, if at all, and what topics are covered. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be interesting. I think a lot of them are uh, how, to, how you manage money, do you want kids, you know, the kind of the traditional old-fashioned things that people do. But now we know that people are creating all kinds of different di- dynamic and designs and relationships from non-monogamous to polyamorous to, you know, sequential monogamy. I mean, there's there's a lot of variations. So we really do need to have people get more specific to themselves. So many choices. And let go of some of the cultural beliefs and myths. So what's up next? So up next, I'm going to talk about 10 keys to a happy relationship. Excellent. Yeah. So that's going to be fun because that's going to really give us a starting point for people to to identify, is this what you're hoping for? Is this what you really want? And so when we come back, we're going to give you the 10 keys. This is the Conscious Living Sexuality Show on the Sexy Lifestyle Network, and we'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. Sexy is back, and we've got it going on all the time, here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. 
Welcome back to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And today, Mark and I are here talking to you about one of our favorite subjects, designer relationships. I'm excited about these 10 keys because for so many years, you've limited me to three keys. (laughs) No, those are for your cars, honey. So then I had to get you three keys. Right. And that leaves four left. So maybe that could be for Sally and June and Joy and (laughs) happiness. And happiness. <laughs> Is that that stripper's name, happiness? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great name. <laughs> that would be a good stripper's name, happiness. All right. So when I get when I go apply for my stripper job, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say. You already have a card. I already have a stripper card. That's true. I did. Actually, it's a pole dancing card. But yeah. Okay. All right. So 10 keys to a happy relationship. And this was discovered through looking at the non-monogamous uh, community and why they have why they think they have a a lower divorce rate and a higher satisfaction rate. I mean, that was number one, is they felt happier in their relationships and more committed to each other. Um, So one of the things was commitment to communicate honestly and become a great listener. So, and I I would like to refer to that as the OASIS. So a concept that, that we teach that really does help people speak their truth and hear their partner's truth without bringing in judgment or shame or blame. So important because these relationships evolve. Yes. You know, I'm not interested in the same things that I was uh, 20 or 30 years ago. And we're not, I mean, we're not the same people. So I think it's important to give space. Huh? The the second one is to identify and then lose your judgments. You know, that that having harsh judgments within a relationship really doesn't have a place. It's it's only going to cause strife. Uh, that you know, anytime I think we feel judged by someone else, we start to protect and and perhaps even lie if we're not feeling accepted for who we are. So that's not a not a healthy. The other thing was no deal breakers or very few deal breakers. Um, just conversation starters and renegotiations. And so I, I worded it this way because in, in uh, the non-monogamous community, they still have regulations or rules, but they're mostly around things like honesty and integrity and um, holding the relationship at a high at the highest level of their priorities so anytime there was um, something you know in, in like in some of the monogamous relationships they they start them off with a, lo- a long list of deal breakers if you do this I'm gonna do that and so there's a lot of threat to the integrity of the relationship and when you go into a relationship already feeling like you have there's it's threatened to be left or it's threatened to be dissolved, I think that puts people on edge. Well, people feel like that's going to stop the behavior and really it just stops a person from being truthful. Correct. And honest. Yes. Yes. And and it also I think it takes away the the right to be human. You know, the reality is if you're going to spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years with somebody, you're going to see them screw up. 
and you're going to screw up. I mean, that's going to get a few WTFs along the way. I think so. And if we go into a relationship thinking that if somebody screws up or makes a mistake or does something that we don't like, that it has to be the end of the relationship, I think we're in a sorry state. So does that mean you build up more credits the longer you've been in a relationship? More credits. (laughs) What kind of credits? (laughs) What? Well, the more you've invested in a relationship, the the more credits you want to have so you don't mess it up. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But I I think when you screw up or when you, when you, when you, when you, when something is happens and the other person is, uh, has a negative effect, that's a time for a convers that's a conversation starter. And that's a time for renegotiating and bringing it back into the oasis to ex- be able to express freely. The other thing is jealousy management. You know, if, if, if you're a very jealous person and you're always looking for your partner to mess up and you're you're looking through their phone and you're looking at their email and you're following them, you're already in trouble. You are already in a bad state because what are you going to do if you find it? And that's where you have to really ask yourself the tough questions. Okay, so I'm looking through all this stuff. How is it making me feel? And what am I going to do if I find that they're doing something that I don't like? Am I willing to just give everything up because of that? And in the non-monogamous, consensually non-monogamous couples, they don't worry about that because they have such an openness about whatever they're wanting to do or doing that they're not afraid they, they, they just own it because they know that their partner is, even if, even if their partner has a feeling about it, that they're going to own their own feelings. Yeah, I think, I think jealousy, I mean, that triggers, um, that triggers all kinds of bad juju, Yeah, really. I mean, you can get very illogical. Uh, jealousy is such a strong feeling. Right. But and, how to control it's, it can be difficult. Right. Though. So I call it management, you yeah. know, jealousy management. And I think a lot of times people have been have bought into some of the romantic ideas about jealousy, uh, that if you're not jealous, you must not really love them. And I've heard this from a lot of women. Well, jealousy just means he loves me. He wants to possess me. Therefore, he really loves me. He's he's uh, worried about every place I'm going because he cares. No, honey, he he is trying to control you. So it you know we have to look at what is it that we're doing that's causing um, causing our feeling of wanting to control this other person. What are we so afraid of? We have to look inward rather than at that person. So that's one of the other things that they they manage that. And sex is a more balanced priority. In these couples. That's one of the 10 keys. Yes. Are you so happy? <laughs> and finding somebody that you have a match with, you know, that you have a because obviously sexual drive and interest can wax and wane through life. You know, if you have kids and busy lives and so forth. But what is your basic appetite? What What is your priority? Where is sex on your priority list? Because if sex isn't a priority for one and it's a high priority for another, that's going to cause some problems. And you have to be able to have, a, be, be able to negotiate how that's going to work out for you. One of the, and number six is 
feeling safe enough to share your most intimate thoughts, feelings, experiences without fear of retribution. A lot of times I have couples that say, I really want to share my fantasies, but last time I did, when he was mad, he threw it in my face. Or when she was mad, she held it against me. And she teases me about it all the time now in not a very nice way. So that's where the oasis comes back to really learning how to communicate in a way that's and I, and I open. Think I like how you're turning it around because if you really want to be able to discover who this person is, you've got to really lock down or keep keep a minimum anything that discourages them from revealing. Exactly. And one time can really set you back years. You know, and I tell couples, you've got to be really careful how you respond. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, Number seven is to enjoy a more adult relationship aside from your family. So to to have dates, to share naughty secrets, to have sex dates, to create that bond, that, that intimacy bond that separates your relationship above all others, that you know that you know each other's deepest, darkest, most intimate, naughtiest secrets. And that actually creates a bond between you that is really um, the glue that holds you together in those times of, of, of disconnect, perhaps. Number eight, more freedom to live authentically. So these, these couples develop a real trust bond and a respect that allows each other to have the freedom to explore their life without fear of the other person being jealous or envious or angry, you know, all of those ne- all those emotions that actually can have a negative outcome. So own your own shit. If you feel jealous, own your own stuff. And number nine, understanding the word compersion. And we'll talk about that more throughout the show. And number 10, understand your role as an adult partner and that it isn't the same as a parent-child or a boss or an employee, that you want to be that safe place to fall, the arms that will always accept you no matter what, the person who knows you better than any other living human being and loves you because of who you are, not how they wish you were. That's key. And someone who's there to be your witness to your life experiences with as little influence as humanly possible so that you have the space to evolve into your full expression of yourself. And it sounds like a lot, but really it boils down to respect, trust, and openness. And people that can build that type of an adult relationship, no matter what else happens around them, they still feel glued together and connected and on the same path. There's, um, they don't feel at odds because the last person you want to feel like you're warring with is your partner or afraid of or demeaned by or overpowered by, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that takes the fun out of it. Exactly. It's supposed to be fun. You know, people say marriage is supposed to be hard work. Well, no, it's supposed to be hard work to work on your own shit. But the marriage is supposed to be the fun part. But I think a lot of these things can occur in a monogamous relationship. Definitely. Well, definitely. That's what I was saying is these components I got out of that interview, but I thought these could fit into any relationship. These are really the components to every basic healthy relationship. 
So we're going to take that and we're going to go into the next segment with understanding relationship dynamics and deals and then how to move into creating a plan for your ideal designer relationship. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR, Empower, Love, and Reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And Mark and I are here talking about our favorite subject. Sex. (laughs) Yes. And... Relationships. Relationships, right. Because sex is more fun in a really healthy relationship, right? I think so. (laughs) Well, you've probably had sex in your life without being in a healthy relationship to have it. I'm sure it was terrible. (laughs) It doesn't have to be terrible, but it is more fun when you can explore your sexuality with somebody you trust. Oh, that's, I, I, I believe that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, because sex isn't just putting a penis in a vagina. And we've had this conversation well, a we're lot. we're covering a lot of things that I, I don't understand here. <laughs> I thought that was sex. Nope, it's not. That's just one of the hundreds of acts of sex. One Uh-oh. of the hundreds of things you could do with sex. All right. So when we talk about sex, we're not just talking about putting something in somebody's hole. We're talking about intimacy and enjoyment and pleasure and safety and communication and enticement and what's going on in your brain and all of that good stuff. I mean, that's what makes it so yummy, right? I get all wound up in that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take you to bed after this. Yeah, no kidding. So when we talk about understanding relationship dynamics, um, one of the things that we have to understand, and I just taught this in a high school class, is that the parent-child dynamic, there's a hierarchy. There's one person that's in charge of the other person. And as kids move into their adolescence, that starts to become a little bit of a pull and tug because the kids want to have more power over their domain and the parents have trouble letting go of the power because as little kids, 
you're responsible for everything, right? You, you worry about everything, you're responsible for everything. But as kids move toward adulthood, they can become more and more responsible for themselves. So in that dynamic of parent-child, one person has the hierarchical power over another. Then they get, if they go right from that dynamic into a, a intimate relationship, oftentimes these young kids, teenagers and young adults, or people that haven't ever thought about this, they try to maintain that hierarchy. So a man, if he was raised in a very male-dominant family, his father was the dominant one, dominated over the mother, dominated over the kids, the father, the boy may grow up and try to do that with any girl that he's with. He, he sees that as his role to parent everybody under the roof. And that's dangerous because you don't know how she was raised. She might have been raised with a very strong maternal influence. And that mother might have been mothering everybody under the roof. So now you have two people trying to parent each other. It's going to be, there's going to be some conflict there. So I tell the teens, so you have to understand that that dynamic is gone. You're done as this parent-child. Now you're going in as equals. Now you get to decide how it's going to be, you have to have an equal balance of that power. And it may wax and wane if somebody gets sick and somebody has to take over or lots of different circumstances, but you have to be able to shift that consciousness that one person isn't the boss of the other. I, I like what you're saying. I, I don't think anybody likes to be bossed around. You know? <laughs> don't you boss I me. <laughs> mean, sometimes you drop a lot of hints, and I don't want any WTF, so I do them anyway, but uh, I, uh, that's called training. Yeah. Gosh, it takes a long time, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if we come in pre-trained. Yeah. Well, you know, we're given messages all the time through our childhood about relationships. We watch our parents. And if you had a two parent family or if your parents were divorced, that has a has an impact on how you see relationships. I think I think children pick up a lot from their friends, too. You know, Mm -hmm. they're looking at every opportunity to learn how people are doing things under their roof, in their school with sports, Mm -hmm. they're looking at all of these things. And that's why I think it's important to be looking at those kids as adults and training, you know, so that when they, there isn't just a magical age where one day you're totally don't know what you're doing. And the next day you've got a perfect, perfect and figured it out. It doesn't work that way. It's a transition. And I think that's true throughout the life of a relationship. Right. We, we don't stay the same. No, no, we're, we're a work in progress. So as you, as you start to put your own relationship together, or even now if you've been together for a while, sit down and have a conversation about how that power dynamic is. And if you feel like you're ever being parented by your partner. When I did this in the high school class, it was hilarious how many of the kids I could tell were really pondering how often they tried to parent their boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, the girls were telling the boys what to wear and how to act and, you know, parent mothering them. And the boys were trying to direct the girls how they should be, what they should do, you know, trying to parent them. And And I just, my firm belief is that we don't have the right to tell another adult what to do, ever. 
So in, in our relationships, we just don't, that's just not our place. So I think it's really important that we, when we move into that adult-adult relationship, that we develop that degree of respect. But that's not true if you sign the consent form and the handcuffs are on. That's, well, that's like I've consented to the handcuffs, so <laughs> that's perfectly okay. But even with my handcuffs on, I'm still in charge of my no. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. in, remember in BDSM that whoever's the sub is really in control. Don't you forget that. Yeah, you've tried to trick me that way, but I'm not going for right. that. Right. <laughs> So how do we create this new design of a relationship? And one of the things, here's some conversation starters. So how do you want that adult-adult relationship to differ from the parent-child dynamic? So that would be kind of an interesting conversation to have, how you see those two being different in your relationship. And then who are your relationship role models? Think about some examples and then think about some warnings. And talk about those, share those with each other so that you can start to see how the other person is envisioning a relationship. What is that? How does that look? Who does what? How does that? What do you want from a relationship? I mean, a lot of times we don't even ask ourselves, why do I want a relationship? Maybe it's just so so I can have more easily access to sex. Well, then if you pick a partner who doesn't have sex as the same priority you have, and you haven't had that conversation, you could be sadly disappointed. Right. Right. So we're trying to avoid disappointment here. And then create a new paradigm, create a new dynamic that's fitting the two of you and your personality. Have the consensual monogamy talk. What if you if you've both come to the table and you both decide that, yes, we want to be monogamous, then you need to lay out what that looks like what exactly i mean every detail if a if if he has a conversation with a girl are you going to get are you going to smack him down you know what what what's what's in your wheelhouse and is that reasonable to ask of somebody and then the what if what if what if that if it's a deal we make and what if you break the deal what is that what does that mean And you really want to be careful if you want a long-term happy relationship to not put threats out there. Because what does a threat do? Makes you lie. Oh, right. So if you don't, if I've threatened you that if you do that, I'm going to leave you. Well, if you want to do that and you don't want to leave me, you're just not going to tell me. And hope to God I don't find out. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I think uh, what I'm hearing is, is that when you're starting a relationship, you want to make sure that these concepts are, for, are, are really embedded in the core values of the relationship and the details can be worked out later Yeah. because those details are going to evolve. Sure. But if you don't have open communication early on in your relationship, you're going to have a difficulty training the guy. <laughs> you think guys need to be trained more than girls? I'm not sure I was teasing about that. I think <laughs> I think we train each other. So so these rules, how do you so they, we we could call those deal breakers, right? And I think you do I think we all have certain deal breakers. Um, for me and my first marriage, a deal breaker was physical abuse, you know, or any any kind of abuse, emotional or physical abuse. And so you do need to be able to to have 
those big time deal breakers, drug addiction, selling drugs, being arrested, doing things that are going to risk your family, you know, those kinds of things. It's okay to have those deal breakers. But be good to lay those out. You know, what what are some some things I just can't live with? And I, I know some many people that can't live with infidelity. And then when you really break it down, it's not the sex that bothers them. It's the betrayal. So then I say, okay, so then just be just say betrayal is a deal breaker. Just don't betray me. Whatever you do, just tell me I can handle the truth. I can't handle feeling fooled. And I think a lot of people would would start to be um, be more open to honesty. Well, again, these are the concepts that you need to start a relationship with to to be able to have those conversations. Yeah. The oasis is a very good concept. I, yeah. I love it. Um, I'm not sure I would have recognized it when I was younger, so I'm I'm glad that it, we're getting it out there. Definitely. I mean, it, and, and it's such a great tool for any conversation, right? It's so neat to be able to say what you want to say and not get a reply. Yes, just a thank you for sharing that with right. me. Right. I think that, you know, you don't want to, every time you have something really critical to say, you don't want to have to justify it or have a rebuttal. Right. Or an argument. Yeah. Or, or explain it. Somebody trying right. to woman explain you is really painful. <laughs> I can't believe you just used that. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, negotiating these terms. And and I've got a few more conversation starters to give to our listening audience so that they can start to, you know, hopefully they can go back and write these down after the show and really put these into one at a time. I would just do one at a time into into their conversations. Mm -hmm. So when we come back from the break, we'll have a few more conversation starters and then talk about negotiating new terms. Excellent. All right. This is the Conscious Living Sexuality Show on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. And we'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Listen, learn, and live sexy. Discover, explore, and celebrate your sexy right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy 
at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. I'm so glad we have the opportunity to have this radio show. Oh, me too. And how, how is it that we have this opportunity to have this radio show? <laughs> I think there are a lot of people that are responsible for the show. Uh, we, we do appreciate our sponsor, Sibian. They've been very supportive of sex education, education across all aspects of relationships, and, and we appreciate their their support. And they really do uh, promote women's uh, pleasure and couples' involvement in pleasure. I think it's a, a great idea that we have the sexy... Lifestyle uh, network. Network, yeah. yes. I think that, uh, that, you know, they've really stepped out there and... Um, have put it at, you know, put their own finances at risk here. So we need to vote with our dollars and support this network. Absolutely. David and Carol, they, they walk the talk. They do. They really do walk the talk. They're fabulous. And they've put together this whole collection of people that are doing all this great work. Yeah, if you want work. to meet somebody that does what he says, it's uh, those two. Those two, really for sure. Them. So we were talking about conversation starters to get the conversation going in a designer relationship. And we know we talk about trust and truth. And that's such a, you know, that sounds really um, easy. I'm sure you have trust and truth. But I think that is built through creating a dynamic of communicating that doesn't lend itself to judgment and shaming. And that the Oasis really does keep filtering back through these things where you can teach each other that you can be trusted. You know, I think it's uh, we need to focus our attention more on being trustworthy in a relationship rather than trusting our partner. Because if if you come to me and you tell me some valuable piece of information about you, and I ask you, well, why would you be like that? Or why would you want that? You're going to feel, what, if I, if I why you? Well, then it's, now it's a discussion or an argument. And it's going to discourage me from doing that again. Yes, yes. And so when we catch ourselves doing that, because I think that is kind of a learned behavior from old old teachings in our patriarchal system that is a learned behavior and when we catch ourselves doing that I think it's really important that we catch ourselves we own it and go oh my god I am so sorry I really let me let me recant that tell me again and then learn how to just use this phrase thank you for sharing that with me and say it with genuine smile not thanks for sharing that with me (laughs) well I think it takes a lot of courage to reveal your inner truths. Yes. And sometimes we have trouble revealing them to ourselves. Right. You know, even in our own conversations in our head. And it's kind of joyful to be able to reveal your inner truths to someone else. You know, we, but we certainly don't want to be judged. Um, and the bottom line is, it's those inner truths that connect us at the deepest levels of intimacy. You know, many people believe that intimacy and sex are the same thing. And to have that true intimate bond with somebody uh, and where you feel like you're soul connected and you're, you know each other 
more deeply than any possible other human being ever could, that's that's an intimate bond. And those are the kind of things that you could you can rely on to get you through the times where maybe you're a little bored or you're a little preoccupied or life just gets too chaotic, where you've got that, that deep connection with somebody that'll hold you through those phases of life because those are natural phases. The other conversation starter is about jealousy and possessiveness and to own your own. Um, one of the things that I do with couples is I'll say, just share in this oasis I feel the most jealous when and just give them a few minutes to talk about when they feel the most jealous and without having any rebuttal just say thank you so much for sharing that with me and then just take that in understand what they said because they've just revealed when they feel the most vulnerable when they feel the most afraid when they feel the most is at risk. That's generally what jealousy is coming up from. So if you can understand it with those ears, rather than get mad at them or feel like you have to explain to them why they shouldn't feel that way, you know, then that just starts that argument. Whereas a person that really wants to reveal and can they, you know, because these things, jealousy and possessiveness can poison a relationship. I mean, it really can create a toxic scenario. And then just the other the other topic, the other phrase to start with in your conversation starters, I'm afraid of and fill in the blank and each have a chance to express what you're afraid of. And this gives you insight into why a person might react the way they react to certain situations. So this is about taking relationships deeper because the more depth of a relationship and your intimate connection the happier people are because they feel like they've got somebody in their corner right and 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 that's why it's so important for people to look at what is it that they hope to get out of a relationship what what do you want it's okay to reveal what makes you ex- just totally excited and happy yes definitely you know, conversation starts yeah. too yeah because I think sometimes when a person starts to move in a different direction, hopefully it's they're going there because of joy and happiness. They're not moving away from something that is awful and terrible. Right. You know, it's not always about fear and jealousy. I think I think in relationships you move toward things that are exciting, mm-hmm. but they may have an impact on your partner, and mm-hmm. and so they have to be revealed. You don't want a deal breaker. Right. So I'm going to take a job that requires that I'm gone a lot more. You know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, can be difficult for a relationship. Well, we had that conversation and you handled it beautifully. <laughs> well, I think that that was with some learning though, too. Right. You know, because your journey with your career, you know, is important to you, you know, and if you're already thinking that that's more important than, some of the other things that we've done in the past, then I have to be willing to let go of those things. And that sometimes you feel a little bit abandoned. So you have to really dig down and and understand that you're getting to see this person raw and what they want to be doing. And that's the most important thing. Right. Because we don't always get to make choices between, oh, do I want no money or a million dollars? Ah, easy choice. Yeah. But they're usually, if I get this, I have to sacrifice that. 
Well, I know one of the things that you told me early, fairly early on was that that one of the things that was the hardest on you was feeling like you had to be in two places at once. And that really locked into me because my life with you, I, I really look at every day as an opportunity to, to add to your life, not take away from it. So if my goal is to do something as little, the littlest things I can possibly do or the biggest things to make your day better, if not making you feel bad, if you have to be someplace that's not with me, if that will do that, no problem. Then I can feel good about it. You can feel good about it. And you're happy to come home. You know, so I think those are the things that we really need to listen to each other to hear those cries for help and those cries for whatever we want that's going to make us feel better. And that's part of the negotiating the new terms is to really pay attention to what your partner is telling you. And you can oftentimes people are more they can more easily complain about what they don't have rather than ask for what they do want. But you can glean a lot of information about, out of a complaint, too. Because if a person's always complaining about the same thing, look beneath it. Look to see what's the opposite of that. So if you're complaining about, you never have enough time for me. I'm always feeling like I'm the last on your list. So they're really asking to be more, to feel like more of a priority. To really know that you want to spend time with them. Time, sir, time spent is their love language. So then that gives you a clue, okay, that's what this person needs. And if we pay more attention to what our partner needs, and we both do that, oh my God, we have a win-win, rather than thinking about where you're lacking. It's it's definitely, uh, um, I, I hear what you're saying, but every decision that you make is going to have a good and a bad, and sometimes a partner will have to sacrifice, but they can do that joyfully, and and vice versa, when they see that they also have that freedom to maneuver in their relationship. Exactly, and because, but I, I think it, if you if you're doing things for the reason of love, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. It feels like a give. Right. Right. You know. Well, these things have really been helpful, dear. I think that obviously you you focus on on things that need to be covered in an early relationship but these are really applicable across the board always yes a lot of people haven't had the conversation and yeah uh, better late than never is always that well, and when we did this the the oasis in uh, in new orleans last summer we had couples from all different uh lengths of time together and every single couple got a huge amount out of this practice so yes. if you're interested in knowing what is the oasis and how to do a practice i am looking to set up some retreats for maybe Maybe four to eight couples so that would just contact me through my website uh, it would be a great way to improve your communication skills mm-hmm. and since you're away from home and it's kind of a hotel then you can practice some other things as well yes <laughs> I always have some spice to add to everything I do so yeah. that's important so all right well thanks for thanks for being here with me today and, always fun dear. Um, yes. and creating this uh, opportunity for couples to make their better designer happier relationships because that's really what we all are about is making life more quality for people and one of the the last things I'll add is you want to laugh more right laughing is very important not at each other but with each other and you want to love harder 
which means really look for the ways your partner needs to feel loved and then kiss longer. And that's, that's a, a three-second rule. Three rule. And then I'll throw in a heart hug every now and then. We'll be back next week. Take care. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.